Welcome back, fine townsfolk, to another episode of Random Encounters. I'm Nick. I'm Matt. And we are here to discuss another random monster from a random monster manual. As it is December, we thought it would be best to give you, lovely, lovely listeners, a holiday present. And that is in the form of the Tarrasque. That's right. What are we doing this month, Matt? Strap in, fine townsfolk. It's Tarrasque month. Tarrasque month. If you could believe it, it's Tarrasque month. All this month, four weeks in December, we are going to peruse the Tarrasque, starting this week with the second edition, the the OG Tarrasque, if you will, and I deeply hope you will, followed by the 3.5, 4E, and then we will wrap up the end of the year with the 5E Tarrasque. Is this going to be interesting? Probably. Is there going to be enough variation to, to make up four separate podcasts? Debatable. But we'll get there and we'll see. <laughs> any, any, any hopes and expectations, Matt, on Tarrasque Month before we, we dive into 2E? The only thing I can hope is that we don't basically blow all of our collective juices on the 2E version. I know. So that yeah, we got to pace ourselves. Yeah, exactly. A lot of Gatorade, maybe some, some <laughs> cookies and orange juice. Yep, yep. Take take a breather if you need to. There's it's it it the way whenever I train people at, at any of my jobs, the what I would say is it it doesn't matter how quickly you get it done if if it's not done right. So yes, so I I, I think if we we get it all done in two episodes and then we're just waffling for two more it's it's it is a it is a failure i would say it the year will fizzle <laughs> the year will fizzle and gosh darn it i i don't want to start next year on i don't want to start next year trying to recover i want to start it with a, a good we had a good solid year let's go into another one exactly so let's start off strong with this month and see where we go yeah and let's and let's hope that 5e tarask is solid as well so this is the Tarrasque from that Advanced Dungeons & Dragons 2nd Edition Monster Manual. It is page 339 on the particular one that I'm looking at. I know there are, are a variety of like collected and original monster manuals, but I'm, I'm doing the collected one that they put out a couple of years ago. So the Tarrasque. Climate, terrain, any land. Frequency, unique. Organization, solitary. Diet, omnivore. Intelligence, animal, one. Alignment, nil. So far, none is a real surprise here. Number appearing, one, which we knew there can only be one. The Tarrasque is the Highlander. Uh, its armor class is a negative three. It has a movement of nine, a rush of 15, 300 hit points, which is which is approximately 70 hit dice, which translates to a level 70 question mark. I don't know. It's so it's so hard in, in second edition hmm. to to determine difficulty, you know? Yeah. It's Thacko is negative five. And there's a little note here that says creatures with a minus Thacko can only be hit on a one. And I say to you, sir, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> 
what's the what's the point of a negative? What, just make the lowest one, right? It's, it's to scare you, as if the terrestrial isn't scary enough. Well, that that is that it's baked in. That is part of its its allure and its terror is that it's. When you see that number, whether you know the rules or not, I guess it, it's supposed to be scarier than a Thacko of one, I suppose. Yes, exactly. And I'm sure if we were eyeballs deep in 2E, it would be a little more – it'd put a little more shake in our in our quake here. Maybe we'd it, – it, it, it would be more meaningful of a statement, you know? Sure. Possibly. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, right now it Hopefully. just kind of goes over our head a little bit. Yeah, I, I think we I think we lose we lose a lot of the nuance there, I think. Sure. I think in in terms of lost nuance, we lose the most with 2E, then it's 4E, and then we recover a little bit with 3-5 and then 5 cuz you you're more comfortable with 3-5, I'm more comfortable with with 5E, so I think we kind of make up for it. On, on either side of those. Exactly, yeah. Let's see. What else? What else do we got for numbers here? Number of attacks, six. <laughs> and now now this is this is a, a primo primo two E set of numbers here. Damage slash attack. One to twelve slash one to twelve slash two to twenty-four slash five to fifty slash one to ten slash one to ten. Now I'm hoping that that comes out a little bit more in the description, like saying, "Oh well, the the claw attacks are the one to ten, and the the bite is the five to fifty, and the tail is a two to twenty four, something like that." So in in that order, maybe it's it can make two claw attacks, then a tail, then a bite, and then two more claw attacks, something like yeah. that. It has its special attacks are sharpness, bite, and terror. It has nil magical resistance. It has a size of G, which I'm assuming is gargantuan. It's 50 feet long. Its morale is champion, parentheticals 15, and its XP value is 107,000. Okay. Yeah. So that's it for that block of numbers up there that is. Always a delightful mystery to try and decipher. And now we can get into actual actual meat here in, in, in the actual description. And remember, I think it's been a little bit since we did anything from 2E. Let's remember that the we have had some of the best and most substantial discussions based on the shocking amount of detail in these in these write-ups. Very true. So the legendary Tarask, for there is fortunately only one known to exist, is the most dreaded monster native to the prime material plane. And that is that is your your standard world? Is that the prime material plane? I would imagine, yeah. Yeah. The creature is a scaly biped with two horns on its head, a lashing tail, and a reflective carapace. And here here's the, the 2E Tarask. Much different than than what we get later on. There we go. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's almost like a cryptidy like bipedal monster thing that you would expect to see in the jungle. Yeah, it's a chupacabra-ish. 
Kind of, yeah. It's it's far less reptilian or, or dinosaurian that we see in later on yeah. versions in terms of the art anyway. But it does say that it is scaly. So the... So to be clear, about 50 feet is the size of the average size of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. It's a five-story house. Okay. It's, 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 it's pretty gosh darn big. I mean, your average-sized man is, what, like five, five, eight, five, seven, five, eight. So 10, 10 of those men standing on shoulders. That's, that's pretty crazy. That's a big trench coat. That's a, that's what, a, what is, what a trench coat, what an investment for that trench coat just for one single site gag. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then it's, it's done. Cause you've seen it already. <laughs> They've already got the tickets to the movie they were looking for. That's it. They got in, they had their moms buy it for them. So the combat, the Tarasque is a killing machine. And when active eats everything for miles around, including all animals and vegetation, normal attacks are with it's two forelimb claws, 1d12 points of damage each. Okay, nailed that. A sweeping tail lash, 2d12, got that, points of damage. A savage bite, 5d10, points of damage, plus acts as a... Oh, so it's, it's savage bite acts as a sword of sharpness as well, severing a limb on a natural attack roll of 18 or better. Just whoop, right wow. off. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, with a single bite, which is it's cool. What a, like, I mean, this thing is massive. It, of course, it, it could it could bite a limb. It makes sense. Yeah, it's just yeah, you don't expect that in your monsters, right? It, it, just imagine that happening to your players for the first time, and they're like, "Oh, oh, I." The, the DM says, "Oh, I rolled really high," and the the players are like, "Oh crap, did he crit?" And you're like, "No, I I rolled an 18. And they're like, okay, whoo, thank goodness. He bites your arm off. <laughs> like, just gone. <laughs> or have them roll a D4 to see which limb gets bitten off. That's always, always oh, a treat. Geez. But make make them roll it, yeah. not, not the DM. That's, 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 oh, one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> so cruel. So the, the, the last set of D10s is two thrusting horn attacks, a D10 points of damage each. Okay. Once every turn, the normally slow-moving Tarasque can rush forward at a movement rate of 15, making all horn attacks cause double damage and trampling anything underfoot for 4d10 points of crushing damage. Oof. And that's that's once every turn, so it just it can charge. Its movement can be a charge every single time, doubling damage and crushing people. Good lord. It's... It's not like in every other. It doesn't have to recharge. It's it's every single turn. Everything you've read so far makes absolute perfect sense. It does. But it's still terrible in the, the framework of the game. Yeah. Being on the receiving end of that, thinking about being logistically on the receiving end of that is terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying, but it's it's so... And it doesn't it doesn't always happen. And sometimes just there are monsters that that aren't unique enough to warrant having specific abilities to to fit around their their specific things, you know, to 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 explain away their abilities. And I, I, I wish I could come up with an example off the top of, uh, of my head, but but having abilities that can fit in perfectly and really just make make the flavor Make a detail more than just flavor, you know? Sure. So it's, gosh, I, 
I wish I could remember. Just like, for example, if, if something has a, a drain and they, they give it the spell that, that would coincide that normally a creature like that wouldn't have, you know, just trying to try to make it feel more like its own unique thing instead of just a, a random monster. Sure. No, that makes sense. The mere sight of the Tarrasque causes creatures with less than three levels or hit dice to be paralyzed with fright, no saving throw, until it is out of their vision. So just if if you're a low enough level, it is so scary you cannot move. Until this gargantuan creature is out of your vision. <laughs> right. Miles away. Yeah. yeah. Tomorrow. And it's it's normally slow moving, as it said. So yeah, yeah it'll take a while. Creatures of three or more levels or hit dice flee in panic, although those of seven or more levels or hit dice that manage to succeed with a saving throw versus paralyzation are not affected, though they, in in parentheses, though they often still decide to run away. Fair enough. So they're not paralyzed or or terrified, but they're smart. They they have some some self-preservation. They saw the minus five. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They didn't know that you could still hit it on a one, but still. Yeah. The Tarasque's carapace is exceptionally tough and highly reflective. Bolts and rays, such as lightning bolts, cones of cold, and even magic missiles are useless against it. <laughs> the reflection is such that one in six of these attacks actually bounces directly back at the caster, affecting him normally, while the rest bounce off harmlessly to the sides and into the air. The Tarrasque is also immune to all heat and fire, and it regenerates lost hit points at a rate of one hit point per round. Only enchanted weapons, plus one or better, have any hope of harming the Tarrasque. The Tarrasque is totally immune to all psionics. So we still have we still have some more, but but let's let's unpack that. Yeah. That that regen rate of one per round is is negligible. Oh yeah. If you're it's, if you're to the point where you're facing a Tarrasque, you're hopefully doing like you know, 50 to 75 points in damage each you know, maybe even each swing depending on the the makeup yeah, of your character, but that's hefty. Even if even if the party is hampered by the casters not being able to use the bulk of their spells if any that you're still going to be dealing more than one point of damage per turn so there's never a chance of that being a threat of that catching up you know unless unless the heavy hitter is taken out at some point but still it for for let's say like a really good hit from the hitter, full crits, everything works in your favor. We'll say it's that seventy five that you were saying. Yeah, that that is literally seventy five rounds for that to heal without being hit again. Yep. It's just what a what an odd choice. Yeah, that almost feels more flavor like. Where now you can almost explain away. Say you do hit it, and you do take it down. You bloody the creature. But something happens where you uh, are whisked away for some reason. Either you retreat because you realize that maybe you're you're not going to be up to to finishing the job or whatever. But the idea that this is going to regen over the next 
you know, mm. couple hours or whatever and just keep following you or something along those lines. That's the only thing I can come up with is that it's it's just in there to almost explain away the the near invulnerability of this creature. Okay. I I I like that. I like that as an explanation. That makes the most sense, but But you don't need it. But you don't need yeah. it, right? It's just it's weird. It's it it has I mean, I guess tied with the the whole aspect of its its slow movement, it 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 has this this like plotting feel to it. Like you can you can try to beat the hell out of me as much as possible, but I eventually will come back kind of thing. That's yeah, that's really all that I can think of about this. It's just it's a it's a weird it's a weird detail. Yeah, absolutely. We have a a spot on habit and society. It is fortunate that the Tarasque is active only for short periods of time. Typically, the monster comes forth to forage for a week or two, ravaging the countryside for miles around. The Tarasque then seeks a hidden lair underground and lies dormant, sleeping for 5d4 months before coming forth again. Once every decade or so, the monster's particularly active, staying awake for several months. There's there's a, an adventure hook right there. Absolutely, obviously. yeah. Thereafter is a period of dormancy of 44 years unless disturbed. The ratio of active to dormant states seems to be about 1 to 30. That is, that is such a 2E sentence. The ratio of blank is this. To give you a ratio... It's it's Gary Gygax in his like number crunchiest nerdiest prime of like mm, there needs to be a ratio so we know exactly when he's like it's yeah he's just got the the paper flowing on his calculator yeah yeah the the the, um, the adding machine the the accountant calculator yeah. yeah and he's got an abacus on the side too just in case yeah <laughs> you know he thought uh, of the, that for that sentence for four days at least. Had had to have been he. It's it's perfection. Yeah, he started <laughs> this during original D anD. d Yeah, right, right. I wonder, but boy, I wish I had that. That oh, do I have that monster manual? I might actually have that monster manual. Uh, I think we, I think we did like one or two from that, and the detail was the complete opposite. It was so lacking oh, yeah. that it was just impossible to use. I'll go see if the Trask in in that later on. But yeah, this gives us, this gives us legit time frames it's still it's still random numbers because it's sleep he sleeps for 5d4 months and and then sleeps for 44 years once he goes on that rampage but that that adventure hook is like it's it's a lot like a volcano you know like okay we know roughly when this thing erupts it's due any time now so let's prepare yeah the last time somebody or the last time the tarask disappeared Somebody was sitting there with their D4s. Yeah. Yeah. And they rolled it out. And now we know exactly what. Exactly. It's those, those D4s are enshrined in like in, in, in bronze. Yeah. Carbonite. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're in, in Han's hands. Yeah. They, and, and that's it. Like we know this, this Tarask is waking up soon. We, we need to be prepared. So, so, so adventurers prepare yourselves. That's it. I mean that that is a super simple one. That's a a great a great hook for a one shot even. 
you know, if you if you want to just have your players go balls to the wall, max their characters right from the start sure. and just see if they can beat this thing. It's also a great adventure hook for a long-term campaign in that you can have a collection of artifacts, you can have a mm. maybe like a gladiatorial thing where they're choosing the best best champions for lack of a better term to face this thing. Yeah. You can even have something where they're building up an army. You know, they're starting to marshal troops and maybe gather people from surrounding villages or kingdoms or whatever as well Ooh. and kind of give it a yeah. little bit of that, the the world building thing. I I've got a good a, a fun a fun tweak reveal for that. Your the kingdom next door is clearly and brazenly amassing troops and the kingdom that your characters are in has no idea what's going on and they think a war is coming oh so so they send they send the party to go figure out what the heck's going on and if they they play it right and they 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 talk to the right people and make the right roles and everything and and obviously you 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 run them through the ringer but you want them to find the information so so it's it's not that difficult as long as they keep jumping through the hoops. But eventually they, they find out, like, this kingdom knows that the Tarrasque is about to awake. That That's all it is. Yeah, that's really cool because that gives you that diplomacy stuff. It also gives you a mm-hmm. little bit of that kind of city of intrigue type, type yep. campaign early on. You know, you can do, yeah. you know, you have the sewers, you have the just the, the surface streets. All that kind of stuff, which is really interesting, especially if it's eventually going to end in this giant kaiju boss battle, you know, once yeah. it all said and done. Yeah, that is I, I'm so glad you brought that up. I I, I often when thinking about the Tarrasque, I think about it as a, as a kaiju, but I forgot at this point. But yeah, it's 100 percent kaiju. Oh, yeah. And it's it's so it's so fun because of that, because there are so few I mean, aside from dragons, obviously, that are just just gargantuan, the the really ancient ones. But there are so like just just mind bogglingly large things, unless they're a god or a dragon. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's for some reason, I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one, but dragon does not have the same the same level of fear, I guess, or something along that as just the giant monster kaiju. Yeah, yeah. There's because. Whether you're actually successful at it or not, or capable of it or not, you know, you're you're able to theoretically, you're able to to communicate with a dragon. Theoretically, there could be some form of diplomacy or or figuring out what it wants. But this is, I'm awake and I'm hungry, and I'm going to go eat with no concern for literally anything around me plant and animal and and anything i just gotta eat yeah it's basically it's like a a, it's a bear on steroids essentially your options are feed it or stop it yeah and how do you stop it great question slaying of the tarasque is said to be possible only if the monster is reduced to negative 30 or fewer hit points so that would that means you'd be hitting it for at least 330 hit points total okay. is reduced to 330 or fewer hit points. And a wish is then used. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you knock it out 
and you say, I wish this thing goes back to sleep. That's it. Otherwise, even the slightest piece. Oh, oh, and that's here's a really interesting part of, of the 2E Tarask. Even the slightest piece of the Tarask can regenerate and restore the monster completely. So that's where that one point of regen every round happens. Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. Yep. God, so you just keep it in a jar and just see. Until it breaks out of the jar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Legend says that a great treasure can be extracted from the Tarasque's carapace. The upper portion treated with acid and then heated in a furnace is thought to yield gems, 10d10 diamonds of 1,000 gold piece base value each. The underbelly material, mixed with the creature's blood and adamantite, is said to produce a metal that can be forged by master dwarven blacksmiths into 1d4 shields of plus 5 enchantment. Wow. It, it takes two years to manufacture each shield, and the dwarves aren't likely to do it for free. <laughs> it is hoped that the Tarasque is a solitary creation— some hideous abomination unleashed by the dark arts or by elder forgotten gods to punish all of nature. The elemental nature of the Tarasque leads the few living Tarasque experts, let that sink in for a second, <laughs> few living Tarasque experts, to speculate that the elemental princes of evil have something to do with its existence. In any case, the location of the Tarasque remains a mystery, as it rarely leaves witnesses in its wake, and nature quickly grows over all remnants of its presence. It is rumored that the Tarasque is responsible for the extinction of one ancient civilization, for the records of their last days spoke of, quote, a great reptilian punisher sent by the gods to end the world, end quote. Okay. So Y2K was supposed to be the Tarasque, but that didn't, yeah. didn't work out. Yeah. I like that. I like that as a hook, almost a time travel hook, where you're going back mm. to save that civilization from the Tarasque. And you're ultimately, yeah. maybe you're ultimately unsuccessful no matter what you do. Right, if it's if it's not necessarily time travel, but like a flashback, so you inhabit... Your party each oh. inhabits someone from that time, and you you don't give it away. If they're if if they cotton on quickly enough, they might realize. But inevitably, they're they're set to fail. They're doomed to fail. It could even be a flashback of max level player, max level characters, sure. which could be a lot of fun. To to maybe like send their level fives back to these real beefcakes, but they still fail. Yeah, no matter what, you're still up against the Tarask. So yeah, yeah, I like that. That that being said, that 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 means you do have to fudge some rolls, or you just don't really don't pull any punches and and just go ham and just just turn them into jelly. I think that's it. I think you try to that's try to one shot as many as you can. Try to use obviously you're going to use all six attacks, but really go to town. Like don't like mm -hmm. you said. Don't pull any punches and just, I mean, it's still a memorable combat, even if it's over in three rounds because of who you're facing and what you're <laughs> oh facing. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the fact that in, in this particular setup, it presumably you're, you're preparing yourself to face it again. 
your players will be seeing this thing again with with their different characters, obviously, but still. Yeah, and honestly, if you're going to do it that way, where obviously they're doomed to fail, maybe there is something that they do or something that they are able to uncover that gives them that edge in the next fight. Oh yeah, it absolutely. It there there has to be a reason other than just saying, "Oh, oh, here's what the Trask is going to be like and now you're dead." Yeah, there you have to plant some memory or 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 they they noticed some object that the party the doomed party didn't use but they should have something along those lines. Yeah. And that sets up a fetch quest or something like that to find that oh, object yeah. for sure. So mm-hmm. yeah, I like that. Maybe there is something where they they weaken it somehow. Maybe you have a druid or something and it it casts some sort of rot or something like that on the the Tarask that just yeah. kind of festers over time. Something along huh. those lines, which would be yeah. an interesting way to do it kind of after the fact. Obviously, you're not going to push the players to, to do it a certain way. But, right. you know, in the prep for the next session, then you start to unfold some of those. Yeah. I don't I don't know what the spells are like in 2E as we're 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 talking roughly keeping in mind that we're playing a 2E game here. I don't know what the the spells would be like in 2E, but if there's a spell that like cures hunger or or eliminates hunger, would you allow them to cast that on the Tarask? Cuz I can't imagine it it wouldn't be what's what's the it wouldn't be a bolt or a ray. You know, it would be like just an effect, you know, a charm almost yeah. if we're talking Harry Potter magic. So that that could instantly solve the issue. Because I'm assuming this thing just reacts out of just sheer hunger, right? I would imagine. It's very primal. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's still a wild animal, but maybe it would become a little bit more sedate if it if that that gnawing hunger weren't there at all times. Yeah, I think that's a valid way of of looking at it and definitely something that you can kind of lean on if you are, you know, you, you take one look at this creature and realize that good luck hitting it, much less killing it. Yeah. But I don't know if I would give them like a high DC or something like that that they have to hit in order to really get this to take hold or how, how I would play yeah. that just yet. Yeah, maybe like, and and again, we're not we're not talking the same stats because it's two e, but maybe maybe a con save to resist it, something along those lines, or or to shake to shake the 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 effects of the spell because it is so hungry that natural burning hunger just just goes and goes and goes, and unless it's a a crazy high level spell, then then maybe it wouldn't work. I don't know. Or you just give it a, a short duration. Like, okay, you saved yourself this this day, or you saved yourself for yeah. a couple hours or something like that, so you can plan better, you can marshal your troops, you can kind of figure out what, how you want to approach this thing now that you've seen it. It's almost like in a football game where one side or the two sides will line up against each other, and then one will call a timeout after they see what the their opponent is line like the formations and whatnot to kind of plan better mm-hmm. and, and put in a different strategy. Yeah. 
yeah, we, we were not prepared for this. Exactly. Yeah. So they're going to call a yeah. quick timeout and, you know, cast this spell and hopefully that'll buy them, you know, between 10 to 24 hours to do something mm-hmm. else, whether it's marshal more troops or just run the heck away. Yeah. It, that gives you 12 hours to skedaddle. Yeah. yeah. And it, honestly, it might be a good idea if you've, and again, I don't know 100% in terms of the spell mechanics in 2E, but if you've maybe used up a spell slot that could be used for Wish, so you know mm-hmm. that no matter what you do, you're never going to kill it because you don't have that spell slot available. Which that, that to get to that point, that would you would need a really damn good excuse to have used that spell slot sure. because the whole point is to have that available. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Somebody screwed up and they, all of a sudden they look down at their character sheet and they're like, uh, uh, Oh, and they just whip out cure hunger or something like that. So that you yeah. can kind of take a mulligan, maybe try to get a long rest in and recharge your spell slots and go from there. Yeah, I don't I don't think wish is just like, oh, it's your only ninth level spell. I think it's I think it's much more than than that. I think it's a really a really costly spell oh, sure. to to perform. I I I think I would or at least the the wacky characters that I've played in in my years would would use the wish spell to wish that it was a diminutive creature instead of a gargantuan make it flop the size and that's it because if if you knock it down to to negative 30 and wish it asleep it's it's still going to come back isn't it i mean it's just asleep for the duration you just put it back to sleep and then it's asleep for the 5d4 or whatever months oh okay it's not no it it doesn't go away that's that's how I've always seen it is is you can just postpone it for x number of of time. Good lord, that's terrible. So you just you basically tire it out and then sing it yeah. a lullaby. He's tuckered and uh and and you 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 put him into bed and then scarper because he'll be back in in a couple of years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I I think I, I mean, and as the DM, you could interpret it anyway. Like you could have them use the wish spell to make it to to make it go away, just disappear. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you you put it in, you get an adamantite box, and then you put this this hamster sized tarask in there. It, it it eats all the the bird seed that it can goes to sleep in its wood chips and wakes up in a couple of weeks <laughs> and then and that's it and nobody gets hurt anymore yeah so basically the knocking it to negative 30 hit points is what allows the wish to be able to take effect is what i'm assuming i think so it's it's weakened enough gotcha. it is it is its body is is pushed to the limit it's it's unconscious gotcha you know so there Okay, so basically what I was getting at, there was there's no way to come across this creature, have it stare you right in the face, big, giant, gaping maws, saliva just spitting all over you, and you go, I wish you were a gerbil, and voila, yeah, it'll just no. shake it right off. Yeah, right, okay. right. It's, um, yeah, in, specifically in their th- negative 30 or fever hit points 
and a wish is then used. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, it's, it's built to be a hurdle, a serious hurdle. Yeah. And, and I, I honestly, you know, you know what? I'm going to talk about this on next week's podcast. Matt, one through 10 for the 2E Tarask, one through 10, how many random encounters monsters would you give the 2E Tarask? I am going to go with a solid eight. And that's mm-hmm. just because it's 2E. The, yeah, the, it's, the weird it's got- stats, all of that stuff. So I mm-hmm. think that mm-hmm. that works against it. But, I mean, a Tarrasque is still a Tarrasque. And the the heart's in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. It, it means well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Come on back next week where we'll talk about the 3-5 Tarrasque. And uh, it's, yes, I, I admit it's not going to be a random encounter. It's going to be a a a counter of the Taraskian kind, but that's what we're doing this month to wrap up the the year. 2020 is going to end with the Tarask because it's been garbage up until this point. Hopefully, hopefully not. Hopefully it's mellowed out. We're recording this early. There's still time. There's still time. Oh God. For the time For the Tarask. Yeah, there is definitely still time for the Tarask. And we will be back next week. Can't wait for you to hear us then. Thank you so much. Hey, Random Encounters is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network.